Hey, we are going to uh, continue today. I'm going to invite uh, kids to come join me up here on the platform. We're going to read a little story. So if you uh, are a child, if you are a kid, if your parents right now are saying, that's you, come up here, join me up here. And here's the reason why you might want to come up here. I got fruit snacks. Uh, so uh, come on up here and grab a fruit snack. And then uh, ushers, as kids are coming, ushers are going to help serve fruit snacks. Come on all the way over here, guys. Grab a fruit, sna- fruit snack. And then when you grab a fruit snack, you can have a seat on the ground all the way around here on the platform. Come up here and grab one. August is Family Gathers Month, and we get the whole family in here together. And uh, it's really a, 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 a treat. Have a seat, kids, on the, on the platform. And we're going to read a story together. And um, so this is, uh, this is awesome that we get to do this together. Come on in here. All right. Now, kids, you can keep coming, kids. Did you get a fruit snack over there? Okay. Have a seat there. Keep coming, kids. Now, what's going to happen is I'm going to read you a story. And uh, did you get a fruit snack over there? Did you want one? Oh, your sister's helping you? There you go. That was nice. There you go. How about you? You want one? All right. Keep coming. Keep coming. All right. Come have a seat. And I'll just put them right here. So more coming over here? Great. I hope I have enough fruit snacks. I think we do. I think we do. Hey, guys. Grab a couple more. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a story. And uh, kids, what I want you to do is I I need you to pay close attention because I'm going to ask some questions at the end of the story. Keep coming. Uh, And uh, and adults, as we're reading the story, you're going to want to pay attention too because um, this is part of the message today and uh, you're going to want to be able to hear how this uh, applies to what we talk about as well. All right, I think we're ready for for story. There you go, buddy. Good catch. All right, here we go. This is a story of Yertle the Turtle. You guys heard this story before? Yertle the Turtle? Okay, so here's, here's what it looks like on the front. And then you're going to see some pictures on the screen behind me. So you can, uh, can watch along there and see those pictures. So uh, here's how the story begins. It's Yertle the Turtle. On the faraway island of Salamisand, Yertle the Turtle was king of the pond. A nice little pond. It was clean. It was neat. The water was warm. There was plenty to eat. The turtles had everything turtles might need, and they were all happy, quite happy indeed. They were until Yertle, the king of them all, decided the kingdom he ruled was too small. I'm ruler, said Yertle, of all that I see, but I don't see enough. That's the trouble with me. With this stone for a throne, I look down on my pond, but I can't but I cannot look down on the places beyond. This throne that I sit on is too, too low down. It ought to be higher, he said with a frown. If I could sit high, how how much greater I'd be. What a king, I'd be ruler of all I could see. So, Yertle the Turtle King lifted his hand, and Yertle the Turtle King gave a command. He ordered nine turtles to swim to his stone, and using these turtles, he built a new throne. 
He made each turtle stand on another's one, another one's back, and he piled them all up in a nine-turtle stack. And then Yertle climbed up. He sat down on the pile. What a wonderful view he could see most a mile. All mine, Yertle cried. Oh, the things I now rule. I'm king of a cow, and I'm king of a mule. I'm king of a house, and what's more beyond that, I'm king of a blueberry bush and a cat. I'm Yertle the turtle, oh, marvelous me, for I am the ruler of all I can see. And all through that morning, he sat there up high, saying over and over, a great king am I, until long about noon. Then he heard a faint sigh. What's that, snapped the king. And he looked down the stack, and he saw at the bottom a turtle named Mac, just a part of his throne. And this plain little turtle looked up, and he said, Beg your pardon, King Yertle. I've pains in my back and my shoulders and knees. How long must we stand here, your majesty, please? Silence! The king of the turtles barked back. I'm king, and you're only a turtle named Mac. You stay in your place while I sit here and rule. I'm king of a cow, and I'm king of a mule. I'm king of a house and a bush and a cat. But that isn't all. I'll do better than that. My throne shall be higher, his royal voice thundered. So pile up more turtles. I want about 200 Turtles, more turtles, he bellowed and brayed. And the turtles weighed down in the pond were afraid. They trembled, they shook, but they came, they obeyed. From all over the pond they came swimming by dozens, whole families of turtles with uncles and cousins. And all of them stepped on the head of poor Mac. One after another they climbed up the stack. Then Yertle the turtle was perched up so high he could see 40 miles from his throne in the sky. Hooray, shouted Yertle. I'm king of the trees, I'm king of the birds, and I'm king of the bees. I'm king of the butterflies, king of the air. Ah, oh, me, what a throne, what a wonderful chair. I'm Yertle the turtle, oh marvelous me, for I am ruler of all that I see. Then again, from below... In the great heavy stack came a groan from that plain little turtle named Mac. Uh, Your majesty, please, I don't like to complain. But down here below, we are feeling great pain. I know up on top you are seeing great sights, but down at the bottom, we too should have rights. We turtles can't stand it. Our shells will all crack. Besides, we need food. We are starving, groaned Mac. You hush up your mouth, howled the mighty King Yertle. You've no right to talk to the world's highest turtle. I rule from the clouds, over land, over sea. There's nothing, no nothing that's higher than me. But while he was shouting, he saw with surprise that the moon of the evening was starting to rise up over his head in the darkening skies. What's that, snorted Yertle? Say, what is that thing that dares to be higher than Yertle the king? I shall not allow it. I'll go higher still. I will build my throne higher. I can and I will. 
I'll call some more turtles. I'll stack them to heaven. I need about 5,607. But as Yertel, the turtle king, lifted his hand and started to order and give the command, that plain little turtle below in the stack, that plain little turtle whose name was just Mac, decided he'd taken enough, and he had. And that plain little lad got a little bit mad. And that plain little Mac did a plain little thing. He burped. And his burp shook the throne of the king. And Yertle the turtle, the king of the trees, the king of the air and the birds and the bees, the king of a house and a cow and a mule, well, that was the end of the turtle king's rule. For Yertle, the king of all, Salamisan, fell off his high throne and fell plunk in the pond. And today, the great Yertle, that marvelous he, is king of the mud. That is all he can see. And the turtles, of course, all the turtles are free, as turtles and maybe all creatures should be. The end. What'd you think of that story? That was good? Okay, stay here now. What we're going to see how, how well you, 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 you listen, okay? So you have to raise your hand, right? What was the name of the turtle up on top? Do you remember his name? Yertle. What was his name? Yertle. Yertle, okay. Who, what are some words that you would use to, des- to describe Yertle? Raise your hand if you... What, what was Yertle like? Uh, like, commandy, um, bossy. Bossy, yeah, he was, he was pretty bossy, wasn't he? Somebody over here, what, do you, what, what was Yertle like? Raise your hand if you want, what was he like? Mean. He was mean, he was mean. Okay, what do you think? Rude. He was rude. Okay, we're gonna go over here, we got a lot of hands. What was Yertle like? Crazy. Crazy? Stern. Stern, good word. What was Yertle like? Naughty? Yeah, especially when he said, hush your mouth. That wasn't very nice, was it? Okay, what was the name of the other turtle? If you know the other turtle's name, raise your hand. Let's grab, okay, right here. Mac. Mac, okay. What was Mac like? You know what, raise your hand if you think there's some words to describe Mac. Stinky. Stinky? <laughs> wow. You're observant, I think. What, 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 what would you use to describe Mac? Here's the, here's the turtle at the very bottom. Did y'all know? Okay. You were thinking about his burp, weren't you? Yeah. Somebody else? Strong. Mac, yeah, he was strong. He was strong. Stinky. Stinky, okay. We got a little theme going here. Nice. He was nuts, okay. Nice. Oh, nice. Sorry, I'm old. My ears are, yeah. Smart. Smart. Brave. He was brave. Over here. You guys? Okay, raise your hand when you're okay. A couple more here. All right. Kind hearted. Kind hearted. Mean. Mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm just checking my ears to make sure I got it right. All right. Oh, one more. One more. He was kind of frustrated that the one on top was demanding. Yeah, he was really frustrated, wasn't he? Who, raise your hand if you think that, that we should live our lives, we should be like Yertle the turtle, the guy at the top. Raise your hand if you think we should be like Yertle. 
couple, couple ideas. You like that? A nice view up there. It's kind of fun to be at the top. All right. Who thinks that, that you know, that the life of Mac, that's really what we should live our life, the church at the bottom. Okay. Now, why, why do you want to be at the turtle at the very bottom, holding up all those other turtles? Someone will ask, do you, why would, no? What do you think? Why? Um, Mac got put at the bottom because he get, kept on getting yelled at by a girl. And you want to be yelled at? No. Oh, you don't want to. So why would you want to be at the bottom? Because if you're at the bottom, you're the last turtle in the pond on the rock. Okay, so you're still in the pond on the rock. Okay, good answer. One more person. Why do you want to be like Mac? What do you say, buddy? They fell in the pond. Because the pond. And the ponds are cool, aren't they? Yeah. Who'd want Anyone else? One more person? You forgot. <laughs> Happens to me all the time. Okay, right here. Why would you want to be like Mac? Because he was serving. He was serving. Great answer. Let's give these kids a hand and thank them for being with us. You guys can head back to your seats. All right. Great job, kids. Grab your, grab your, your fruit snacks. Don't forget those. It's going to look like I was really messy if you leave all your wrappers up here. All right. Thanks, girls. You can throw that in there. You can, that's okay. That's okay. Did you get one? Are you here for a fruit snack? No? You want one? There you go. There you go, buddy. All right. Hey, if you got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. And uh, hopefully, uh, Yertle the Turtle will make sense to you then. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's just, you know. Wouldn't it be awful to hear a sermon like that over and I don't know. I'm not going to try. Mark 10. Uh, Mark 10 is a story uh, in which there's an encounter with Jesus by some of his followers. We've been talking about being the followers, being disciples, and the impact that has on our hands, our hearts, and our heads. And today I want to talk to you about your head, and not necessarily about the knowledge. Well, that, that is a good thing. You, we need to have an understanding of, of accurate doctrine. We need to know how to hear God's voice. We need to have a good grasp on Scripture. But I don't want to talk necessarily about information. What I want to talk to you about is the mindset of a disciple. The mindset of a disciple, and, uh, and, and in this story that we're going to read together here real quickly, what we're going to discover is some followers of Jesus who really aspire to be like Yertle the Turtle, all right? They, they want to be uh, in places of, uh, of honor and prestige, and they would love to have the, the best position, and what Jesus is going to tell them is he's going to tell them that in his kingdom, things are upside down. They aren't quite as these two disciples think that they're going to be. So if you've got your Bible, stand with me. I'm going to read Mark 10, read 10 verses here, and if you'd follow along, that would be terrific. Page 1594 in your pew Bibles. Follow along as I read uh, this story. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. 
Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and, and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is God's holy word, and you may be seated. So we've got these two followers, uh, James and John. They're part of, the, of, the, of the, this group we call the disciples, the 12 disciples. And they make a bit of a, what appears to be a random uh, request. It really isn't random. It isn't coming out of left field because it's probably prompted this thinking about wanting the best seats, uh, the seats of honor, which would have been on the, on the right and the left of a king. Uh, it's, it's, it's likely prompted by a conversation Jesus had with them that's recorded in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, in Matthew 19, verse 28, uh, Jesus uh, says, he says, I, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits on his glorious, upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes uh, of Israel. And then if you were to continue on the text, you'd read this, but many who are the greatest now will be the least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. And I think James and John, as well as the other disciples, heard Jesus talk about the 12 thrones and kind of with selective listening, uh, kind of ignored the part about the greatest and the, le the least in the kingdom, and they imagined these thrones and they saw themselves wanting the best seat. They wanted to be Yertle the turtle. They wanted to be king of the turtle pile. And so uh, they, they made this attempt to sort of jockey for this position. And then when Jesus tells them that he can't determine that, that's what the father does, the other 10 hear about it and they become indignant and mad, not because they're innocent. I think they're mad because James and John beat them to the punch. I, I think that this is sort of the, the, this is who we are as human beings. We, we like the top of the ladder. We, we would prefer the corner office. We like to have uh, positions of power and, and honor and prestige because then people can look at us and see how wonderful we are. We like the best seats. A little over a year ago, Trina and I were uh, coming back from a trip to the Middle East. Um, uh, we were at a field forum. We were working with international teams and uh, it, was, it was exhausting, it was tiring, and we were about to get on our last flight home, flying from Amsterdam to Portland. And as we had our boarding passes, and, uh, and we're about, about ready to hand them to the, the, the employee there who was checking us in, she was smiling, she took our boarding passes, kind of scanned them under the, the scanner there, and the, the machine made this chirp, and she said to us, to, to Trina and to my son Cal and I, who were all traveling together, said, oh, uh, we've got some new boarding passes for you. And uh, so we turned in our boarding passes that were at seat like 43, 42 uh, in, in the back of the plane, and they handed us new boarding pa passes. And I looked at them, and I saw that I was in seat 5A. 
Cal was in 5B, and Trina was in 6A. And we looked at each other, and it dawned on us, we had just been bumped up. We were going to fly this, 10 and a half hours flying home, we were gonna fly first class. We were happy. <laughs> Very, do you know they use real silverware in first class? <laughs> real plates? I mean, we, we sat down and the flight attendants already coming and asking us what we want to drink. They're bringing us snacks. Uh, you know, the, you know the, the little bag of nuts you get back there in row 40? Uh, in first class, they don't just give you peanuts, they give you mixed nuts, and they're heated up in a bowl, and they bow when they give them to you. <laughs> it's awesome. And we had filet mignon, we could have had chicken, we could have some, and then dessert time comes, the flight attendant's pushing a cart, and it's just loaded down with bowls of vanilla ice cream. Not little chintzy scoops, we're talking big scoops of vanilla ice cream. And they asked us if we'd want one, of course, we said yes. And, and then they asked us, what kind of topping would you like? Well, what kind of toppings do you have? They pulled another cart out. It was loaded down with toppings. I mean, this was like Froyo on steroids. It was, it was awesome. And then two weeks ago, Tree and I were coming back from that same location. And we had just worked with our Middle East teams over there. And we got on that same flight, flying from Amsterdam to Portland. And guess what we were thinking? I wish it would be great to be bumped up. So we hand our boarding passes to the employee with great anticipation, waiting for that chirp from that machine. It didn't chirp. She smiled, handed our boarding passes, and we went to row 28, which, by the way, was just across the aisle from the bathroom. Uh, a, a significant fall of grace. Uh, and I'll tell you, it doesn't smell nearly as good there as it did in first class. We like the best seats. It's wonderful traveling in first class. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. It, we like the best. That's, that's where we like to be because, you know, it, it's comfortable. You're, you're doted on. You're cared for. People serve you. And, and James and John, as they consider this new administration that Jesus is about to inaugurate, they're jockeying for that position. And so what Jesus does is he hears them, tells them that really that's the Father's point, and you heard about the other disciples getting mad. Jesus tells them that actually that's not how we do things here. In the kingdom of God, things are a little bit different. You see, in the world... Uh, leadership looks like this. It's about climbing the ladder. The top rung is the goal. The corner office is the goal. The, the, the title is the goal. In the kingdom of God, things are turned on their heads because the, the, the top rung is no longer the goal. The bottom rung is the goal. The cubicle is the goal. The, 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 the place where someone serves others, that's greatness in the kingdom. And I'm guessing that the disciples were scratching their heads on that one, thinking, well, you know, what do you mean? See, this is, this is something that is, is really difficult to get our heads around. It, it sounds like a wonderful ideal. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. We're supposed to walk in his way, in his footsteps, so we should live our lives in such a way that we are serving, not living in a consumer mindset where we get what we want. Kind of like Yertle the Turtle, climbing the pile higher and higher. 
thinking that we deserve it. That's not how it is in the kingdom of God. Greatness is the position of slave. And if you look at somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a long time, what you should see is not an ascent to the top rung, demanding, saying, my ways should be, should be the ones that are granted, what I think is most important. What you should see is a descent to greatness. Not an ascent, but a descent to greatness. Let me show you this really quick in the life of Paul. Paul has a dramatic conversion experience uh, on the Damascus Road. 14 years after that experience, he's writing Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. He's writing, and in, uh, in the parentheses here, I put the names James and Peter. You won't find that in your Bible, but that's the context. He's talking about the apostles, and he says, As for those who seem to be important, James and Peter, whatever they were makes no difference to me. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Paul kind of has an edge to him early on in his, his ministry he doesn't care who you are because he, 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 thinks, he, th- he kind of thinks a lot of himself. That's, that's kind of how it comes across. I don't care who, who James and John are or James and Peter are. They're no difference to me. And then you get uh, to 20 years in Christ, and he writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, I am least of the apostles. And then you go uh, to, to 25 years walking with Christ. You read in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, I am the least of all God's people. And then you go to 1 Timothy, one of the last books that that he would write, 30 years after his Damascus Road experience, he writes, I am the worst of all sinners. Can you see the trajectory of his life? Up top, 14 years in Christ, he's like, hey, I'm just as good as anyone else. I don't care what your name is, how long you spent time with Jesus. You and I are on the same level. 20 years, I'm the least of the apostles. 25 years, I'm the least of all God's people. 30 years in Christ, I'm the worst of all sinners. It's this understanding, this mindset, this comprehension of maturation is not climbing the ladder, it's descending it and seeing that the position of servant or slave is the greatest. One of my daughters, uh, her name is Bethany. Uh, Bethany, when she was six or seven years old, uh, wrote a a little paragraph for school, um, and uh, she, the, the church we went to, my, uh, my mother-in-law was a janitor in that church, and um, Bethany got to serve uh, with uh, my mother-in-law in, in, the, in this role of janitor, and she was so proud, so proud that she got to clean toilets, thrilled that she got to, kids, you should try this. Ask your mom and dad if you can clean a toilet. It's so much fun. My daughter, six years old, writes a little paragraph in school. I am a janitor. Her aspiration is to be janitor. Now, we need janitor. We need people who are great at cleaning. That's a significant role. But when we look at that, we go, wait a minute, your aspiration is to serve and clean toilets? Well, guess what? In each and every one of us, there's something that sort of chafes against that because, well, we, we want to be significant. And that this doesn't sound significant until you understand that in the kingdom, it's the ones who serve who are the greatest. That's the mindset of a disciple. It's not about climbing the ladder and getting to the top. It's about descending the ladder and seeing that the bottom rung 
place of servant is the place of greatness. Every week in this series, we've been doing a little activity that you can do on your own or you can actually do with your family. And this, this week, we have little strips of paper that the ushers are, are gonna be passing out to us here in a few seconds. Uh, out in the lobby, there's some large pieces of artwork with some clips on them. And in the weeks gone by, we've, you know, like last week, Jeremy talked to us about not doing life alone and, and asked us to write our name on that board if, if we're committing to not living life in isolation, but having people in our boat. Well, this week, I want to invite the ushers to come forward now and hand us just a little slip of paper. I want to invite you to take one of those. Take one of those slips of paper, and here's what I want you to do with it. I want you to get a pen or a pencil, and I want you to think of words that you you would like to be used to describe who you are becoming. Now, kids, what you could do is you could write a word on there that describes this is... This is how I want to be like Jesus. Here's the word that I, that I would like to, to describe who I want to become. And, and adults, we, you know, we've been talking about you know, when it comes to that moment of truth, when it comes to that place where our bodies fail, what are the words that we want to hear spoken of us that would describe us? And write it on there. And then after the service as we go out, I'm gonna invite you to just walk over to one of those, uh, one of those pieces of art. There's two on the lo- in the lobby, one in the hallway. And just clip your piece of paper there with that word on it. And then I want to challenge you to families, have a conversation around lunch and ask, you know, what word did you put on your little strip of paper? Uh, And share with your kids, here's the word I put and here's why. In fact, then you could use those as ways to pray uh, for each other. Or you have a friend and you say, "This man, this is... This is where I want to be. I want to avoid the yurtle the turtle syndrome and, and try and work my way up the top of the turtle pile. I want, I want to descend into that place that Jesus calls great. And being a servant and having the mindset of a servant. That's walking in the way of Christ. That's walking in the way of Jesus. See, in the kingdom, things are turned upside down. Greatness is not having the best seat. Greatness in the kingdom is all about having a mindset, being someone who gets their hands dirty, who notices the needs of others and meets the need.